Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of air anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day in the pickle bar. Led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, which of course also has slushies. Indeed, lots of slushies. Six flavors worth. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And before we get to Scott Lobber, we'll get to our play-by-play call of the day. Gus Johnson with the call as Penn State holds off Wisconsin. McSorley in the end zone. Great call by Gus, who, by the way, is I, I love talking to Gus. He does enough Big Ten games during the course of the year that we run into each other. Great guy. Scott Lauber joins us now from Philadelphia. Scott, how are you? Great to have you with us. Hope you and yours are safe and sound as always. Uh, thanks. You, you as well. I appreciate that. So what have you been able to find out about Clearwater? Well, um, there are uh, there are eight positive tests um, uh, among Philly's personnel. There are five are players, three are staff, and then there are uh, 32 other um, personnel members. Uh, 20 players, I believe, including some minor leaguers and 12 12 staff that are awaiting their results. So eight positive tests that we know of, and the number uh, could very well be rising. I think. I, you know, no hospitalizations from what we're told. Um, uh, so that's a positive thing. But I think more than anything, uh, it's a close-to-home reminder that uh, for all the talk about economics and how much are we going to, you know, how much are pay- players going to get paid and how many games uh, is the season going to be and, and all of the things that we've been talking about, the back and forth um, for the past three or four weeks, the virus is still in charge here. And when you get a bunch of people together, it doesn't matter who they are, whether they are professional athletes um, or not, uh, the virus, uh, there's the risk of transmission. And that's what we've seen here, not only today with the Phillies and their um, and their revelation about their positive tests, but uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning having to close their facility as well. Uh, there's a pitcher in Toronto Blue Jays, um, in right. the Toronto Blue Jays facility, uh, who has symptoms? These are all uh, clustered close together. There's a spike in Florida, and here you go. Uh, do we know enough as to whether these are asymptomatic results or symptomatic results? 
It's a good question. Um, I uh, I believe uh, I believe that at least some are symptomatic, from what from my understanding. Okay. Uh, in other words, there are actually sick people um, who who have symptoms. So, um, you know, positive to say that they are not uh, they have not had to be hospitalized or anything of that nature. But yeah, there are people who are actually ill. Okay, uh, because we all know there's been a lot more testing. So was this a result of everybody being tested, or was this a result of some people requesting to be tested? Uh, that I can't tell you. Um, what I can say is that I believe that there were eight negative tests as well. So okay. of the 16 results that we know of that have come back, eight are positive, eight are negative. Um, okay. Then there are, as I said, 32 more uh, outstanding uh, that they're waiting to get results for. I, I can't tell you whether uh, they were all tested independent. It seems uh, that they were probably not. My guess is they were probably not all tested independently, that um, that uh, some people didn't feel well. And I do know that there's some attempt to do some tracing so that they can determine uh, exactly how large the outbreak is. So I don't know whether uh, there were people who were told, "Hey, you know, you've been you've been here at the facility at a time when uh, eight people, eight other people have tested positive. Go get tested." Uh, there's probably some of that, uh, but there were probably other people who didn't feel well and went and got tested, and it turned out that they were positive or negative. Right, be- right. Because Tampa Bay, the Lightning, for example, they've shut down uh, for at least I think ten days. We're going to shut down. They're not actually. They're in phase two right now for the NHL. They're not supposed to get their actual camp going till July 10th, but because they're in a phase, they would be testing on site there. Baseball doesn't even have an agreement. That's why I was wondering why, if the Phillies tested them, if it was standard for everybody or if it was independent. Because Tampa Bay, the Lightning, would be team administered because they're actually in a phase. Right. Um, exactly. Uh, baseball has not progressed to that point yet. So, uh, look, I mean, as part of this massive negotiation for whether or not uh, there will be a 2020 season, there's a 67-page manual, health and safety manual, that's been termed a first draft by MLB. Um, there's been some back and forth on that, but it has not been finalized. So I don't believe that any of the protocols that would be as would be in that manual have been put into motion yet so in fact as of right now the philly philly's facility has not has not reopened and you ask well how is it that there are people there um since the uh since spring training was shut down uh the phillies closed their facility but they have made it available to players who are recovering from injuries um you think of Mm. and i don't know i I don't want to uh imply that any of these are players who've tested positive but you know, you're giving, everybody knows you're giving that Andrew McCutcheon yeah. is coming off a knee injury, and everyone right. knows that David Robertson is coming off Tommy John surgery. Those players have been in Florida. They've been allowed to work out with social distancing protocols and, and whatnot at that facility. So um, whether or not they've tested positive, they have certainly been exposed if that's where they've been. Uh, now, um, other teams um, I'd heard a couple of weeks ago had relaxed uh, – uh, some of the closures of their facilities, uh, let more people in. I don't believe the Phillies have done that. 
but there has been a small group of people who've been there all along who have been working out and getting their treatment and doing their thing. And of course, there have been some staff members there to support them. So that's where this population is that, that has, some of whom have tested positive, that's where that's coming from. Uh the one Blue Jay player that tested, I guess, was symptomatic, the one that tested positive. And that's why mm-hmm. you talk about contract tracing. Uh, there are rumors, I don't know if you can confirm it or not, that that player actually had contact with some of the Phillies. I, I can't confirm it, but I wouldn't be surprised, given the proximity of Dunedin and Clearwater, uh, the fact that um, that uh, you know players do commingle and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah. If a Blue Jays minor leaguer... Or a I, from based on the report I saw, it was a pitcher on their forty-man roster uh, had been had gone out to dinner with uh, with a Phillies player. That wouldn't surprise me. It happens a lot in spring training. They are spring training neighbors, so um, that wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. Uh, can, and you know, it is, and it is worth saying that you know, so of the of the twenty players who uh, the Phillies have said are still awaiting their test results, some are minor leaguers, some are major leaguers. So there, there are people there. The other thing you have to remember is it's Florida, and a lot of players live there year-round. So yeah. some players did not go, you know, for some players that was home. So they didn't leave Florida, they didn't right. leave Clearwater, and now if there's a spike in the, you know, in the overall, uh, there is a spike in the overall number of cases mm-hmm. there, they would, they would have some exposure to that just by virtue of living there. Yeah, it's amazing how no state income tax leads you to say, yeah, I think I'll live here. Uh, so, <laughs> Scott, I have to ask you about the baseball negotiations themselves since I've got you here uh, to talk about it. Uh, obviously, the health protocols are, have, to me, have always been the critical part. But how have you mm-hmm. felt about watching the pendulum swing back and forth between the two, especially when Rob Manfred, who had taken a lot of heat, then decided, okay, I'll be the adult in the room and I'll fly out and we'll talk face to face, and he still got nothing out of it. It's been pretty exasperating to watch, and it's my job, you know, to report on it and follow it, and I I have to do that. Um, I can imagine fans who don't have to tune in are probably pretty tuned out right now to what's going on, especially with everything else that's happening in the country and the world that you have these two sides fighting over um, the things they're fighting over. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's been kind of difficult to sort of cover because it's been so public. The leaks have been um, almost daily, and uh, we know everything that's going on. Normally negotiations like this happen behind closed doors, and you find out more about it after they're done. We're finding out about them piece by piece. Uh, it's, so it's been, it's been really kind of exasperating to cover. Uh, I, I think it's getting closer to a resolution only because it has to. Uh, the calendar is going to dictate at some point that they uh, figure it out, whether they uh, reach an agreement, whether Manfred um, uh, imposes a season of, his des- of, his, of the owner's desired length, or whether they call the whole thing off. Uh, it is now, what, July or June, uh, what, 20th is tomorrow? 19th, yeah. Uh, yeah 20th, 20th is tomorrow. You would need, you would need uh, basically a month between the amount of time it would take to get players to come together, then spring training. Now you're, you know, you're getting into, like, July 20th. July 19th and 20th has been the date that they seem to have circled right. 
to start all of this. And if you're going to play somewhere between 60 and 70 games, it can't start much later than that and still end at the end of September. So, you know, the calendar is getting to that point where they're going to have to do something. And if we're still talking about this a week from now as having been unresolved, I'd be, I guess I'd be a little bit surprised. Scott, I put together a checklist. If I were to put together this checklist, and the checklist would be, uh, would be obviously, this negotiation. On the checklist would be a five-round draft as opposed to 40. The Astros, minor league baseball, and a CBA coming up in a year and a half that's going to be out. Are they checking boxes to implode the sport? <laughs> yeah. You look, it certainly seems that way. Um you know, there's, there's, you know, there's uh, one problem after another, uh, and you know, I've had people say this week that like, if you think this is ugly right now, just wait until they have to sit down and negotiate a new CBA next year yeah. because that's going to be brutally ugly. Uh, these two sides, if you haven't figured it out, really don't like each other. It's not <laughs> like performance art. They, they really don't like one another. Um, and, you know, that's been the thing here uh, this week. Um, the players want a 70-game season. The owners want a 60-game season. Uh, you know, any rational thinking human being would say just to come together, meet in the middle at 65, shake yes. hands, and get started. But yes. it's not that simple because both sides are trying to win this thing, which is the problem. Uh, it's not about winning or losing this Negotiation over how to play in a pandemic. It's about figuring out how to play in a pandemic. And I think they've sort of lost sight of that here somewhere along the way because they're both so intent on beating the other side. Isn't there anybody around there that says it's not being right, it's doing what is right? You would think, you know, you'd like to think so, and you keep waiting to see who, you know, you referred to Manfred before as the adult in the room because he flew, flew out to, yeah, to Arizona for to one day, Tony yeah. Park. <laughs> you know, you'd like to think that there is really an adult in the room, uh, or at least, huh, how about this, a stenographer in the room who could write down what the <laughs> two of them said so that they can agree on that. Uh, yes. Because every time these two people meet, they can't seem to agree on even what they agree on. So... It's it's just it's a it's a really kind of frustrating situation to follow and you know like I said you'd like to think that somebody somebody would would see the bigger picture here and figure out how to get this thing together and even if they do you know like you know I think what the Phillies news today uh, has proven is that the virus is still going to be the arbiter of whether or not they'll be yes. the season so you yes. might be squabbling for weeks and months on end over over money and salaries and making each other look bad and. And, and then it won't matter because the virus is going to say I, it doesn't care about any of that. Right. Uh, one final question, uh, and then I'll let you go. I appreciate your time very much, Scott. I felt that early on in this, the pendulum said the players were coming out as the bad guy. And then as time went, the pendulum swung and suddenly the owners... And with Rob Manfred and so forth, who they were kind of, in terms of public perception, were the bad guy. And then there was this, tell us when, tell us where. Mm-hmm. When, when and where. So he went out and he told them when and where, and they went, no, nah, no, nah, nah, wait a minute. I felt like now it swung back to like, okay, really? 
I feel like the players are back on the on the side of of fans looking at them going, "What?" Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and where does it all end up? As I said, right. I think there's three potential outcomes. You know, I think they either reach an agreement, uh, probably somewhere between sixty and seventy games at full pay at full per game pay. Yep. Uh, Manfred imposes a season, and you know that's you know where they call the whole thing off. And the middle one, you know, I, I would tell you might be the one that we're headed for, if not for the, the threat of a potential grievance that would be filed on the part of the union saying that the league yes. didn't make the best effort possible to play a, a, a long enough season. And, you know, that's one of the things here that, that you're hearing is that in part of all of this, and maybe one of the reasons why Manfred got on that plane and went out to Arizona is because he wants to make it look like they are making their best efforts. Uh, if they run the calendar down enough, they're going to get to a point probably early next week where they can't play more than about 60 games and still finish by the end of September. So he's going to be able to throw his arms up in exasperation and say, well, you leave me no choice. It's a 60-game season, and if you, want to, uh, if you want to file a grievance, go ahead and file it. But I got on a plane. I went out there to jumpstart negotiations again, and then you said no to our 60-game framework, and how is this not good, good faith or best efforts on our part? So maybe this is all positioning for a future grievance, you know, if that's ultimately the way this goes and the way this is settled. Couldn't ask for a better guest to go through all of this than you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you and the great work that you do do, Scott. Sure thing. Anytime. Scott Lauber joining us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. The King, by the way, in the next half hour. Uh, I just wanted to promote that because sometimes people forget the King's here. <laughs> I remember today. I remember this time. <laughs> I even put it in our show sheet here. Oh, you had to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, in Florida, uh, the health department there has reported that 1,533,876 people have been tested for COVID-19. 5.9% have tested positive. Now, the rate in South Florida, though, is higher. And, of course, um, Dunedin, Clearwater, Tampa, that's Central Florida. But the rate in South Florida is higher, where 8.3% of people uh, have tested positive. Uh, 89,000 plus have been diagnosed with the uh, disease in Florida. South Florida, which is home to 29% of Florida's population, accounts for 50% of the cases. And Governor Ron DeSantis, during a news conference at Florida International, which, by the way, is is in Miami, uh, said that he predicted that there would be a rise in cases. The reason would be two of them, isolated outbreaks and expanded testing. Uh, the, medium age, the median age was 37 for new cases statewide. In the latest testing results, the average age for positive tests was 33 in Broward County, 30 in 
Palm Beach County and 41 in Miami-Dade County. Those are all in the south. Okay? So those are the numbers they gave out today. And they've had an increase of 197 hospitalized in the past week. All right. So there you go. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. We'll remind Matt of the final half-hour guest as we continue. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones today's show brought to you by brewers outlet reagan street in sunbury the beverage supermarket Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And now, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six different flavors of slushies. LeBron loves it. Of course he does. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online to sunburymotors.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a disturbing incident earlier in the week. (laughs) Where Matt forgot who the 430 Friday guest was. With that, we bring in the king. Hey, what up? <laughs> How's it well, going? Well, now that we have it straightened out as to what time you're supposed to be on and that you're actually showing up, I mean, Matt was, I mean, lost. This is like, how many years have I been doing it? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like, I mean, I think. Four, I, four yeah, or five. Really, I've I mean, missed I, like three shows in four years. And. So. I know Matt has a lot I've of this. I've done the show right stone. <laughs> remember I was in the hospital without opioids? Oh, I, oh, I remember that. Yeah, you were hospitalized because you were on painkillers. Yeah. Uh, the nurses couldn't find me. <laughs> <laughs> but you made the show. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good dedication yeah, right there. That dedication, yeah. So, but. I want an ice cream cone so bad. I'm like craving it. So that'll be my trip home. I'm in Studio 22. Oh, okay. I tried to make it to Studio 10, but I had to go feed my stepdaughter's dog, which is the house right next door where we used to live. Right. And then I came downstairs 
because this dog is like really mean. He only likes me, my wife, and Don. <laughs> oh, he's vicious. I set the alarm off once when right after we got married, and yeah. my name wasn't registered with the alarm company. So next thing you know, the South Windsor police are at the door, and. I was cleaning out the house in Enfield, and I had Dad's, uh, Mom had sold Dad's rifles, but the rifle cases were still there. So I got my pickup okay. truck with the door open, and I had two empty rifle cases in the back <laughs> of the truck. So the cops right. had their guns. <laughs> They're like, they they thinking the house really got broken into, you know? So. Right. The dog comes out and bites the cop. I'm like, oh, no. So, bit him in the leg. So, he's a mean little thing. He's a little chihuahua. So, but anyway, I'm leaving there, and the guy who lives where we lived bought a hot dog cart and wants me to make a bracket to mount the propane tank on the hot dog cart. And I'm like, come on, dude. I got to leave here. I got to drive to stores, you know. It's about oh, 100 geez. freaking degrees out. I'm like, uh, okay, I'll make your car. That's right. New, yeah, New England's really hot right now. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, what's up with football? How's it look? Well, so far here, so good. Uh, players are here working out. I did talk to two of them Tuesday after they'd gone through their first workout. Now, remember... Mm-hmm. Working out with the strength and conditioning coaching staff is a little bit different than working out at home. And I yeah. said, "How you guys? How you guys doing?" And they looked at me and said, "Steve, we're exhausted." <laughs> I said, <"That's laughs> "I thought you'd be." Yeah. Well, so, has everybody tested negative so far? So far, to our knowledge, so far. Now, there's going to be another group of individuals coming in this weekend. They did it in stages, so we'll find out more as time goes. So what's the plan? I, I, I'm almost of the, I, and you hate to say it, I, I, if they don't change the laws, I don't see how they can do any sports, you know? Because if, by at least in Connecticut, and I'm sure it's a national thing, if you test positive, anybody you've been in contact with has to quarantine for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? What, say they test negative and they play Purdue in the first game, and after the game, ten players on Purdue test positive. Does that mean the whole team's got to quarantine for two weeks? Well, you'll be tested going into the game. Well, I realize that, but if they test positive the next day, do they have to quarantine the other team? I think like they did in the NBA when the player tested positive and any teams that they played had to cancel their games. Well, I think everything is, is because there's much more testing now, much more yeah. testing, I think you can isolate better. Right? And because you can isolate better, I think that allows you to have more latitude. I think you have to take it a step at a time. But it's a fact that there's, for example, when Rudy Gobert tested positive nobody else had been tested and it turned out that 
when they tested the Utah Jazz, first of all, nobody on the Mavericks tested positive. No. Right. The only one that tested positive was his teammate Donovan Mitchell. Everybody else in the Jazz tested negative. Right. I right. mean, that's all history. I'm talking about now. What are they going to do well, now? Are they going to well, quarantine? Like if ten, five, like 10 players on Texas, University of Texas, tested positive, but who did they come in contact with? Everyone they well, see, came in contact with right. has to quarantine also. It that's wiped the whole team out. Well, that's why whether you, they you, have you the do, virus or not, you know. Well, you do con, you know, you can do contact tracing, yeah, which is obviously that's a part of so that. And that wasn't available. Like, contact tracing was not really something anybody thought about when the Jazz shut down. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking just, about what are what are the plans now? In other words, if if Penn State has ten players test positive, does the team they play against have to quarantine? Uh, that will be something they'll have to come up with a solution for before they play. And since they're not playing for two and a half months, you've got time, at least some time, to come up with what is the right way to go. So what's the pathway? Well, yeah. And, that, uh, and it's all it's all going to start. It's, it's all going to start. The young people are screwing things up. And people around here are wearing masks religiously, and now they're not wearing masks like they were before. And to me, that's the key. It just keep the social distance and wear the mask, and we'll be okay. But if people stop doing it, it's just going to screw everything up again. So. Well, see, this is where being on radio is, like, really cool because, I mean, I've done social distancing my whole life. All right, we'll come back with... <laughs> You're good at it. <laughs> me too. I don't want to be near anyone anyway. It's worked out well for me. So. We'll come back with more touched. in a moment. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. morning, 8 o'clock, the red carpet rolled out, wearing a white suit, enters the suit. He gets just past the desk, and then he suddenly takes the jacket and twirls it around in his finger. It's quite a scene, then it fell to the floor, and then he had to bend down and pick it up, and it's just, it turned out to be an awful scene. All right. Are we ready for some trivia? I am ready. Who's up? I'll lead off. All right. 
How many minutes was the longest recorded point in the history of tennis? Oh, oh, calculator. <laughs> I'll say six. How many minutes? How many minutes? I'm going to say 590. 29 is the correct answer. 29, 29 minutes. minutes. Oh, longest point. I thought it meant yeah. longest game. Longest point. Oh. Yep. <laughs> 560 minutes. <laughs> I'd have left. Miss, man, miss. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have left. Purpose. <laughs> May have felt like that sometimes, but no. 29. <laughs> Good question. Steve-o? Okay, hard knocks this year. Who are the teams? This year or the past year? No, this year coming up. Oh, I don't know. I haven't paid any attention. It is all L.A., the Chargers and the Rams. That's right. My friend Shannon Shannon Furman is the one that uh, produces that. How about that? Okay. Cool. She has stories. I'll bet. She has stories. The movie Rocky. Carl Weathers. What sport did he, professional sport did he play, and who did he play for? Play for the Raiders. True. In, in football? <laughs> I guess I do all these. <laughs> yeah, can't get that by you. Oakland Raiders, 1970-71. He was a linebacker. Yeah, I'm out on that one. I shouldn't be, but I'm out on that one. Wow. Wow, you guys are getting everything right. Okay, all right, let's stay with Rocky. Who is Rocky Balboa in real life? Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone? No, 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 no. no. I mean the actual boxer. Oh. (laughs) Sylvester Sylvester Stallone went to this fight. And when the fight was over with, that's how he came up with Rocky. Okay? Now, Ali, obviously, is who's fighting. But who did he fight? Joe Frazier. Okay. That's who I would say, because he's a Philly guy. Actually, I met Joe Frazier. How about that? Oh, great guy. I mean shake his hand. He had to send a search party in to get it. Like, holy mackerel. I can imagine that. Okay. Chuck Wepner. Really? The Bayo. Man, Ali just beat him like a drum. I mean, the guy would bleed all over the friggin' place. It went 15 rounds. Yeah. It went 15 rounds. I want to say it was at the Richfield Coliseum, which is where the Cavaliers used to play. Just outside of Cleveland. And I think, I think Wepner knocked him down at one point. Yeah, but they should have stopped that fight. That guy almost bled to death. Well, he's, he the, the, he's huh? the Bayonne bleeder. Yeah, Ali beat him to death. I watched the fight. Well, I didn't say it was pretty, but that's the inspiration for Rocky. <laughs> back back yeah, to the original the question. <laughs> back to the original question. <laughs> cut me, Mick. Cut me. 
<laughs> I, I broke my nose. How does it look better? <laughs> I never knew that. That's a good trivia question. Well, that's why okay. I asked it. There you go. I'm going to the NBA now. Stephen Curry's father played pro basketball for what team towards the end of his career? God, he played for a lot of people. Del Curry played for a lot of people. Say it again. What was the question? Stephen Curry's father played pro oh. basketball for what team toward the end of his career? I'm going to say the Denver Nuggets. Steve? Let's go with the Sixers. Why not? <laughs> no, incorrect. Oh, I wish I would. Toronto Raptors. Really? Toronto Raptors. Wow. North of the border. I didn't even know they were around then. Because Vince Carter has played for all of them. (laughs) Also true. (laughs) Okay, this is right up your alley, Steve. What baseball announcer's 1996 funeral was attended by Joe DiMaggio, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, and Phil Rizzuto? I'll say Mel Allen. Man. Sorry, I swore. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> Matt? <laughs> yeah, no, I got nothing. <laughs> okay, oh, wow. remember, okay. remember, when, when little Luke is eight years old and, and, and asks you something, you can't give that answer. <laughs> I got nothing. That's right? true. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. look, because I'll be honest with you. I mean, look at suit and suit light. It hasn't worked. <laughs> I will definitely strive for that. All right, I think it's my turn now, right? Yeah. All right. Um, this player holds the best rookie passer rating in the entire history of the NFL. I will say... Greg Cook of the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, incorrect, it is actually a current player. I'll give you a hint there. A current player? Yes. Tom Brady. Dak Prescott. Oh, my God. I was shocked when I saw this myself. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yet they still win nothing. Great okay, quarterbacks Tro- on their team, and they can't win anything. Troy Aikman was drafted first overall by the Cowboys out of UCLA. Name the first university Troy Aikman went to. Oh. Oregon. Okay. Uh, the U. The U? I'm just taking a guess. I have no idea. Uh, Can I change my answer? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I was going to change it to Texas. No, Oklahoma. In fact, when Penn State was beaten by Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl that year, Aikman was on the sidelines because he got hurt early in the year and Jamel Holloway took over. Remember, I worked um, that game with. I remember, I worked that game with uh, Bob Murphy, the great uh, Mets announcer, and uh, Howard Schnellenberger. You worked with Bob Murphy? Yes, I did. 
Wow. Now that's cool. Great and great announcer. Schnellenberger was great, but so so dry. Great to see you, Steve. <laughs> Big deep voice, like on wow. What NFL quarterback got stuck with the given names Yelberton Abraham? YA Tittle. Jeez. That's <laughs> really good. I forgot he that <laughs> 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 Why a tittle? Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Good although, one, Matt. Although, in Steve's defense, he should get that because he's a Giants fan. I know, but I figured who knew his name was Yelberton Abraham? Steve does. <laughs> it's really great being yeah, the dude, ill one. you got to get a life. <laughs> That's really great being the ill one in the room. <laughs> But you think about it, what would YA stand for? What name? What what name begins with a Y? Yo, Burton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. You know, it's not like it was European or, you know. Right. Okay. I mean, the baby comes out. And, like, Matt, when you had your baby, yet you did you have to decide between Luke and Yalburton? No, <laughs> Look, we had Luke already decided, trust me. <laughs> See, we were hoping it would be Steve and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be Jimmy. James. I, I was supposed to be Ronald Jr. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Why was she so indecisive? I have no idea. You ready for this? I have a I have a young cousin of mine whose name is Jack Daniel. Uh oh. Wow. There we that's go. Funny. I hope they go by J D. Uh, and right, you have um, to know that when you name the kid, you know. Oh. That, that's one of the reasons Jack Daniels, you know. That's one of the reasons one of the reasons we didn't name one of our children David. Because of what? Davy Jones of the Monkeys. True. Davey That's one Jones. of the reasons why we didn't. And I met Davy Jones, too, because he lived down in Holidaysburg. You met Davy uh, Jones, too? He, yeah. He's That's the reason I never kid, had to. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have to name him. <laughs> right. But, no, that's one of the reasons why we didn't name one of our children David. We gave the middle name David, but not the primary name. Wow. Only because of... Oh, Davy Jones. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, from the I monkeys. I love Davy Jones. I love watching He's... him sing and dance. Oh, he spoke highly of you. He doesn't know me. Oh, no, I mentioned your name. I keep social distance. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by <laughs> Brewer's Outlet.